Hi there, I'm Robert Hurst, and this is podcast number one of Safe Zone. Let's get started. In the Safe Zone, we share ideas, actions, and practical tips to equip you with tools and peace of mind as you help create a safe and secure environment in your church or house of worship. Let's get into this episode of Safe Zone. Hello, and welcome to the inaugural podcast of Safe Zone. Now, this podcast will be one of the more practical productions you can listen to every other week, and each time we're going to address a different area of security or safety that churches are faced with these days. Most of our podcasts, so that you'll know, will use a previously posted blog from our website, and that's www.safetoworship.com. So we will take those blog posts, and this is where we're going to kind of expand them and break them down into greater detail. So when you go to our website, Safe to Worship, you can click on the Safe Zone tab and always see what the uh, blog looks like, and then you'll get to hear more about it here. But other than that, we're also going to include the occasional interview with subject matter experts or church leaders and even ministry influencers as part of our programming. So be certain to click the follow button on iTunes so that you'll always know when a new podcast is released. My end goal is to give you, the listener, at least one tool each time that you can take back to help make your church a safe place for people to meet and worship. Now, since this is the inaugural or number one podcast, I really want to accomplish two goals this time. First, I need to give you a brief background on me and why I'm even producing this podcast, which, by the way, I've done my research, is pretty well the first of its kind in the church safety and security arena. But secondly, the topic for this podcast is a simple one, and it's about the number one question I am asked on a regular basis when I do my seminars and my instruction times in front of crowds. And you're going to probably be a little bit surprised at how simple it is, but we'll get to that in a moment. Let's start with that first item, me. Why should you listen to me and my thoughts? Well, two reasons. The first one, and the most important one, is I'm just like you. I care about people, particularly people who want to go to church, and they want to know it's a safe place to worship when they do. As a matter of fact, the point that you're even listening to this podcast, in my book, really makes you a hero of sorts because it indicates to me that you care deeply about safety and security for your people also. I have a little bit of a unique background, though, that helps me facilitate our discussions and these podcasts. See, I've been a licensed peace officer in the state of Texas for over 40 years. I've been a licensed paramedic for nearly that long. I have street experience that runs the gamut from uh, patrol work to being on a SWAT team for 14 years and on to teaching schools and churches on how to be safe. I have, uh, if you're interested, national credentials in Homeland Security, as well as being a certified protection professional for over 35 years. Operationally, I've had the fun uh, in participating in everything from rescues to SWAT actions to even being the incident, incident commander, big words there, I guess, for my county's response to both natural and man-made disasters. I've consulted over the years with uh, everything from small businesses all the way up to large corporations and all the sizes in between that on safety and security, but all of my credentials mean absolutely nothing without you 
and your participation in this podcast. You see, the church is facing unique challenges these days, and we're in the same battle area together, all of us. So the most important thing you can do, other than being here for each podcast, is to go back and encourage others to listen, and then take your collective knowledge and implement what you learn in your church. You see, I've worked with churches now for over a decade, and in that time, I have discovered there seems to be a pretty significant gap of in the uh, level of preparation for safety or for security in most churches. Now, not all of them, and many are really trying to ramp up rapidly, but still there's a lot that, that have not uh, done much or have not done anything. And this is, this is not denomination or faith specific. I have found it across all denominations and all faiths. Now, the reasons for the disparities are pretty wide-ranging, and they include things like size, maybe the location of the church, past history of the crime in the area, and in reality, the expectations of the future. What's fascinating is many churches that have service attendances that average, say, 500, and, and that's just that's not a hard breaking point. That's just a rough breaking area, so to speak. If they have about 500 or more in attendance per service. I have found that generally they will have at least some safety and security protocols or maybe uh, formalized programs in place. And while their teams and equipment can vary broadly in maybe how they're trained or how much training they do and their capabilities, at least they are there. And at least they have a start on the problem as well as, you know, they're getting the people and, and the equipment to fill in the gaps as needed. But the greater challenge seems to be for those churches with attendance ranging anywhere from 50 to 500 uh, in a service during a week. And honestly, that makes up the vast majority of churches in America. A small number of these churches have already been at work attempting to make changes to bring about greater safety and security, um, while others find themselves at the starting gate. And the reason I know this is because I've done so much seminar work, and I'll have churches come up, and they will share with me, and I'll say, hey, this is neat what you're doing. How many do you have attending? They'll say, well, anywhere from 90 to 110. In the same seminar, I may have another person come up and say, wow, we really need help, and we're just getting started. And I'll say, out of curiosity, how many do you have? Oh, we'll, we'll have 300 to 450 attending on a Sunday. So there's really no specific pattern. These are the churches that come up, and they'll talk to me at the break times, and they'll, uh, they all invariably, though, if they're struggling at all, they ask one question, which is the topic of this podcast. It's, you know, four words. Where do we start? Where do we start? You can have great intentions, but then when you stare the starting gate there in your face, and it's like there's so many things to look at at one time, they'll just say, gosh, I'm not real sure where to start. And you know, this is a salient question. This is a very, very valid question due in part to the fact that historically, there's not been a template for small to mid-sized churches to use uh, for any kind of guidance regarding safety and security. Now, there is a converse action to this that is beginning to take place, and this is where there is a large flood of just general information into the internet marketplace. I find this a lot with the insurance companies that really what they're trying to do is they're trying to get uh, people to look at them and say, we have all of this stuff that we'll throw at you, and you can find all this stuff online because really what we want to do is we want to sell you an insurance policy. And that's okay. I'm not knocking that but it becomes overwhelming, particularly when you add to this the fact that there are a finite number of members available to fill all these roles that these 
others want to throw out there within these smaller churches. And when you take all of that and roll it together, even the planning stage can quickly become overwhelming. So where do you start? Well, some person, I could not find the one that made this quote. It just It's going to be an unknown or anonymous. Somebody in the past, though, said it best when they said, hey, just start at the beginning. Or you could do like three-time Grand Slam tennis winner, uh, Arthur Ashe once said, he said, you know what? Start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. And this is exactly how you start organizing your church safety team, doing the planning and doing the protocols and whatever. You just start. So let's share a few of these steps together. Let me give you some steps that you can use, very practical steps. And the reason I know they're practical is because I've taught them before for over 10 years and This is what people do. First of all, first thing is decide what you need and how much you're willing to do. Now, that sounds too basic, but I've encountered quite a number of churches and houses of worship who had great intentions, but they did not really know where they were going when they started off. And here's what happens. Their great intentions quickly become wasted energy because no one knew where they're going or what the ultimate intent looked like. And so people lose interest and they get frustrated and they get confused. And frankly, programs that are started like this rarely last long. By the way, I know because I've been there before. So know where you're going. And as part of your start process, define what your program is going to be about. Uh, Are you trying to put together a program that's going to provide safety for the worshipers anytime the doors are open? Um, Kids events on, on weeknights or youth events, um, Sunday morning, Sunday night, whenever you meet, are you going to plan on doing something every time the doors are open, or is it going to be a little bit more limited than that? And then safety for whom? For just those attending? Or are you also going to reach out and make sure there's safety for the staff at other times, like during the week when your staff is there at the church? What about the children's area? What about people that are entering the church during the weekday? What about the general congregants, those that are a member of your body um, and, and when they come? What about the parking lot? Now, you're probably going, well, where does the parking lot figure into this? If you'd go back and do a little research, you'd be fascinated how many incidents actually start or spill over to the parking lot before they ever get into your building. Now, in your planning, are you going to plan just for defense against bod, you know, attacks on persons? Are you going to review all the avenues of safety and security and make a more uh, encompassing approach to the way you deal with safety and security in your church? Now, let me tell you something. Defining where you want to go does not need to be intense. It doesn't need to be in some great depth of detail, but it does need to be the first step. Otherwise, wherever you end up in your preparations is really where you were intending to go because you did not have a direction when you started. Now, after you do that, secondly, the second thing you do is as you start, base your considerations in all of your planning around what I call the three R's. The first R is readiness. The second R is response. The third R is recovery. And frankly, each is a unique area with unique needs, unique challenges, 
and unique expectations. Yes, there is overlap. Yes, there is handoff. But you really need to look at each one differently. Now, though you may spend brief energy on a particular one, please don't try to roll them all together in the beginning in particular because the thought processes have to be separated. Trust me, this is another one of those things I've learned the hard way, not only for myself, but in working with clients. And, and i got to tell you, in coming issues of Safe Zone and coming podcasts, we're going to discuss each of these areas more thoroughly and in greater depth than give you other tools. Another reason to both catch the, the uh, blogs regularly and be here for the podcast regularly. Now, after you've done those first two steps, the third thing is, Begin to think now about what you're going to do, not reactively after a crime has occurred. Most churches, honestly, have been caught in the reactive mode over the past few years when they respond to an incident. Why? Simple. Everyone feels, uh, quite frankly, rightfully so, that a house of worship should be a safe place, free from crime. I mean, that's the way it has been for the most part, historically, for our nation. And if we expect it to be safe to worship, why should we have anything to worry about? Well, you and I both know, unfortunately, with the continuing spiritual erosion that is occurring on so many fronts these days, the church is now becoming one of the next targets. We don't need to stand and wring our hands over this. We just simply need to acknowledge that it's there and that bad things can happen. When we acknowledge that, we know then that we need to be aware We need to be conscious of it, and we need to be, most importantly, prepared. And we've got to do all of this while still ministering to those people who need redemption, forgiveness, encouragement, and the love of Jesus in a very practical way. Now, remember, one day we know Jesus is going to return. He's promised that. But until then, we have to be watchful. We have to minister to others as He directs, and we need to be ready. I'm not certain where you and your church team are on this journey as you're listening to this of keeping your church a safe place to worship. But in future podcasts, we're going to walk through this entire journey together, including each of the three major three R's. We'll explore actions that you can do. We'll talk about planning that you can work with. I'm going to ask you, I have a comments link on the website, and I would love for you to share with me your concerns and your feedback and ideas that we can explore together as we work together to keep our churches safe and secure. As we come to the close of this first podcast, though, perhaps a quote that is ascribed to St. Francis of Assisi best describes our journey together, yours and mine. You know, he once said, start by doing what's necessary, then do what's possible, suddenly you're doing the impossible. So let's do that. Let's start with what we know is necessary, which is to, first of all, acknowledge there is a need. Let's continue the journey to what is possible, which means start where you are. Just start now and move forward. And then one day we may just find we're doing what we once thought was impossible. And that's to have a church where it's completely and totally safe to worship. Let's do it together. We can, so... Until the next podcast, keep your head up, your eyes looking around, and folks, be safe. God bless. Have a great week. That wraps it up for this episode of Safe Zone. Take what you learned here and help bring your newfound peace of mind to others by making your church a safer place to worship. I do ask two things of you. 
First, subscribe to our podcast by hitting the subscribe button in iTunes. And secondly, share our podcast link with others in your circle of influence. Hey, we're all in this together, so let's work together. God bless and have a great week.